doing the damn thing i'm excited i'm super excited (laughs) doing a little dancey dance we're gonna have a dance party that nobody else can see it's just gonna be me and you and that's all right (laughs) no one's no one's gonna understand the amount of stress we've just went through (laughs) it's been an hour of trying to figure out how to record our audio last week i was like why is my audio sound so muffled and it was what we were recording on so now me and v are recording on two totally different recording platform so fingers crossed that this works out for us (laughs) i think it's just the it doesn't like your microphone i sound perfectly fine so i'm still using the tool yeah i'm still using the tool that we were originally recording on because my microphone sounds crystal clear but we are facetiming (laughs) on meg's ipad and my macbook and I am recording my audio on my PC, and Meg is recording her audio on her MacBook. So we've got lots of technology Fun. going on right now. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of tech going on. Hi, MB. She wanted to make herself known. Um, if you hear any grunting or groaning or clacking, it is my two dogs. They're here in the room with me. They are little babies, so they have to be with their mom at all time. Um, yeah, but we have a lot of tech going on, so hopefully we can figure this out. I have faith in us. I got through it last time. I taught myself what EQ was, um, and boy, howdy, was that so much fun. Um, so hopefully we have Boy better quality. Howdy. <laughs> Boy howdy! I've never heard those words come out of your mouth before. My god. <laughs> a little a little Americanism for you. Yeah, boy howdy. It was it was fun, um, and stressful and scary all at the same time. But that's okay because I'm super excited to get into our topic today. Um it's our favorite horror movie trope, and coincidentally me and V have the same exact favorite trope, which is the final girl trope. Oh my gosh. Dun, 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 dun. That's my drum roll. Not exactly like, you know, the typical drum roll, but if you could see my hands going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. That was me doing drums. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yes. final girls. <laughs> yeah, final girls. I hope wish aspire to be as cool as the ladies that we're going to talk about today but i i don't know i i would like to think that i'm a final girl but um you know in light of recent events that have gone on in my life i truly don't know if i would be a final girl <laughs> i 100% would not i <laughs> have such a bimbo mindset i 
would probably be the first one to die. When I was like, you know, 15, 16, I was like, yeah, I could kill zombies. I would survive a zombie apocalypse. I would totally make it to the end. Now that I'm 25, I've just come to the realization that I would probably be one of the first to be killed without question because of my bimbo mentality, even though I'm a dark brunette. <laughs> <laughs> your bimbo um the i i don't know i feel like you have a little bit of final girl in you i think that you're not giving yourself as much credit as you should well i mean i would definitely be one of those characters that knows all the horror film tropes and knows what to look out for but i would still be one of the people to get killed Mm. yeah so you'd be like the randy in that situation yeah, a hundred percent. I would scream to Randy. Randy. Yeah, not a final girl. I would be Randy. <laughs> the reason why I say that I don't know if I would be a final girl this past Halloween, so twenty twenty one, Val and I were like, we are gonna throw a Halloween party, and I dressed up as a Camp Crystal Lake counselor, and I was like blood soaked, and Val dressed up as Jason for the viewers that viewers, I said viewers, listeners, excuse me, that don't know Val is my spouse. Um, but yeah, Val dressed up as Jason and there, there was a point in the night very early on where I heard the door open, like my outside door. And some of my friends were already here. And I was like, who was that? And we went into the room and nobody was there. Like nobody was in my living room. And so it was cold and rainy and dark. And I peeked my head outside of my front door and I said, hello, is there anybody out here? Val, are you out there? No answer. So I was like, okay. I looked at my friends and I said, I think I'm going to go out and see if she's out there. And they both were like, you are literally dressed as a horror movie victim. You are a hundred percent going to be a victim in this circumstance. And I was like, no, you guys don't understand. I'm a final girl. And they looked at me like, you are fucking crazy. This is exactly how you would be killed if this was a horror movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I I just love that we both went for very different things to dress up as for last Halloween. I dressed up as June George, and if you don't know who that is, that is Regina George's mum from Mean Girls, the class A bimbo mum. I was literally about to say, yeah, bimbo, 100%. (laughs) When I say I am a bimbo, I really resonate with it, so June George would definitely be one of the first to die in a horror movie if she was ever put in that situation, or she'd just be like, do you guys need a drink? smack head straight off by the I killer. was about to say she might be one of those survivors that you're like there's no way that this bitch is gonna survive and then like post credit scene she's like standing up like where did everybody go oh my god like um oh I can't remember her name but from Zombieland 2 oh I haven't oh. seen Zombieland 2 yet so don't oh, spoil no spoilers I no I won't I won't but hang on I just need to find those her name no <laughs> Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Before you move on, please, please. Complete side story while you are looking that up. I saw Zombieland in theater with my brother Josh, 
yet again shout out josh i was way too early to be seeing that in theaters um and then he took me out into the woods with his friend and they took me to a burnt down abandoned building and then acted like they were being possessed by demons and i was in the middle of the woods it was like three in the morning and i was absolutely terrified my dude you're laughing at me and i i'm traumatized still to this day (laughs) oh yeah that that would be something that my brother would have done to me but (laughs) luckily uh my brother only traumatized me a slight amount maybe maybe but i found the name madison she is a blonde character obviously because i resonate with the bimbos yeah so bimbos i mean kind of go hand in hand with final girls you can't really have a final girl without comparing them to a a bimbo like final girls are the sole survivors well the the final girls tend to be best friends with the bimbo so i think that's our duo right here today i was about to say maybe i i will be the final girl and you can be my bimbo best friend oh my god out of the two of us yes (laughs) if it was two of us in the end of a horror movie you would be the one surviving i would be the one going hello is anyone there (laughs) Wow, okay, I'm honored that out of our friendship, I would be the final girl. If I am anything like these girls that we're about to talk about, that is an absolute honor. Thank you so, so much. So, you're welcome. Before we get into VNI's picks for our favorite final girls, I think that V has a couple of final girl facts for us and i'm excited about that and you want to know what i just realized we didn't even introduce myself if you didn't listen to last episode the american i'm meg v is my british friend we're gonna be talking about all shit horror okay now that that's out we're so bad at this (laughs) you can tell we're new to this horror podcasting shit because we just were like completely glossed over introducing ourselves listen if you can't If you can't deduce that the American is Meg and the British is V, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what needs to be said about that, but it's saying something. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, loves. You're, you're just missing out. <laughs> missing, you're missing out. out. Yeah, and if you didn't listen to our previous episode on what got us into horror, check that out, and you will probably have a lot more insight into um, our future episodes, but spit those facts for me v i'm excited for you to lay them down so when doing research for this episode i wanted to look into what was the first ever final girl because i thought that was quite interesting to bring up yeah for sure this lovely lovely trope discussion we're gonna have and technically the first ever example of a final girl was lila crane from the original psycho Mm, throwing it back okay which technically yes but is psycho a horror or is it just a thriller a psychological thriller i mean i definitely feel like it has horror elements so just because of that it'd be a horror movie but i mean that's interesting because when i was doing research a lot of people were saying either sally or jess Sally being from yeah. Texas Chainsaw and Jess being yeah. from Black Christmas. Yeah, well, both those movies came out in 1974, whereas Psycho came out in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
probably when Psycho came out, the final girl trope wasn't fully fledged wasn't actually yeah it wasn't a thought in anyone's head so if we're gonna actually think about it logically um jess bradford from black christmas technically is the first final girl and then sally is the second because texas chainsaw massacre came out a few months after black christmas yeah man the 70s were a good time for final girls um i'll tell you that because one of my picks is from the 70s too in the 70s, like, there wasn't, like, females were looked at in one particular way. Like, when you're going into horror, you're going to anticipate them to be dead by the end of the movie. Oh, so yeah. yeah. I mean, I think before then, you expected the males to prevail in the movies mm-hmm. and the females to be the ones to die because, obviously, the, the thought of women back then was they're frail they're weak they don't know what they're doing they need a man to hold their hands through everything which obviously it's not true women can look after themselves before (laughs) lol omg (laughs) (laughs) but as we've you know come into the 21st century we we all know now that women (laughs) don't need a man by their side Mm -hmm. to be strong know what's going on have their own thoughts and feelings and that is why i think the final girl trope is so massive but however (laughs) here's my big issue with this trope it is very caucasian (laughs) it's very white yeah Mm -hmm. it's definitely (laughs) Um, a whitewashed trope that's for sure yeah and i again while i was doing the research i then tried to look at what was classed as the first ever example of a black final girl. Ooh, and go on. I did, I did find one. Yeah, I did. Surprisingly enough, I did find one. And it was, again, from the 1974s. <laughs> that oh. year had so many final girls. 74 um, is a banger. Oh, you go, 70s. Maybe not. Maybe. Um, <laughs> it was a character called um, Diana, quote-unquote, Sugar, Sugars are in quotes because it's her nickname, Hill, from Sugar Hill. And when I was doing research, um, this film came out at the height of the blaxploitation era. I said it first, right time then. I was about to say, that's a hard word. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, considering for someone who's very dyslexic, um, that was very hard. I'm not going to say it again. (laughs) If you didn't catch it the first time, look it up. Give us points for using big words during today's pod. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it was the height of that. <laughs> and the film premise is ten- is about um, her fiancé gets killed. And, you know, in order for her to get revenge, she ri- raises, raises, not rises, raises an army of dead. Like, she raises an army of zombies to oh, get shit. revenge. Yeah, so I thought she was reading that. I was like, oh shit, this is quite, it's quite badass. I was like, about to damn. say, she sounds cool. I have never heard of or seen that movie, so that's going on my watch list. That'll probably uh. be a phrase of mine when we're going through this podcast. That's going on my watch list because, <laughs> yeah, as V, I think, mentioned last episode, like, we have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... um Obviously, we come 
again from very different cultures um me being british and you being american there yeah. are obviously going to be films that slip through the cracks but um i wanted to also mention one of the modern examples of a black final girl that i really appreciate and i think it is amazing is abra stone from dr sleep oh my god yes i think when we first talked about doing this podcast the thing that we talked about was final girls and Mm -hmm. we were doing it on cappuccino and we had (laughs) talked about abra because she's so freaking cool in that movie like i really liked her character yeah and she she's awesome yeah and considering she is probably one of the youngest final girls we have seen Oh yeah, and good point. She, and she managed to get probably a hang of her shining a lot quicker than some of the other, you know, characters that have the shining. Uh, uh, in the, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Doctor Sleep, spoiler it's obviously alert. a continuation. F- <laughs> spoiler alert! It's obviously a continuation from The Shining, but. Mm-hmm. We really get to see how obviously damaged Danny is, but how this newer generation of people with The Shining are able to control it a lot better than he was able to when he was growing up, and that's why I think Abba is just she she witnesses she she sees her parents get killed. She, doesn't she? She yeah, she does. She handles it with ease. Well, not ease, but like Abra handles things so much better than I feel like I would have and she has like the odds stacked against her Uh, I am sure that when we do our Stephen King episode I'm going to be talking about The Shining and I will definitely include Dr. Sleep so we don't harp on this too much but good (laughs) point yes I love Abra and I love her character so very nice thank you thank you I just thought that was a nice honorable mention just because there isn't a lot of black final girls especially ones that are well-rounded and i think abra just needed to be mentioned in this episode because she is just amazing she's so cool yeah no i have one i think one woman of color on my list as my honorable mention so i think all the of our other picks are white women so you're a hundred percent right v it is definitely a trope that needs to be looked into and explored, and I'm sure that um, one of our favorite directors, Mr. Jordan Peele, will be able to help us out a little bit with that, um, hopefully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, I know technically you can consider Adelaide, is that her name, um, from Us a Final Girl. Yes. But I, I don't know. I have kind of, that could be a hot take for later. I don't know how I feel about considering her a final girl, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure this will be a common quote for us as well. We will talk about it in another episode. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> for our basically our final girl trope, um, we both picked three main final girls that we wanted to talk about and we do have an honourable mention mm-hmm. um, my one's a bit more <laughs> controversial than Megan's mm, but yeah, 
uh, and I will get very heated when I get to that. But yeah, <laughs> so I think we should get into our number three spot. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we have a smorgasbord. <laughs> Is that the right word? A smorgasbord. Board. Blah, 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 blah. We have a smorgasbord of final girls to talk about in today's episode, and I feel like we definitely cover so much ground in these picks. Um, I we get some very classic looks at final girls as well as some very modern interpretations of what a final girl is so I guess with that being said do you want to talk first or you want me to I mean I can go first if you like to yes please please tell us your number three (laughs) spot for your final girl so my number three spot has gone to Cecilia from the 2020 reimagining of The Invisible Man. Um, Solid choice. Thank you. I did originally have someone else at that spot, but I recently rewatched The Invisible Man and I realised how amazing Cecilia actually is and the amount of shit she's put through. Like, Obviously, the film opens up really quiet and we see her trying to escape this house. We don't know why yet until she gets in the car of her sister who's picking her up and then comes strolling along is the abusive boyfriend that she's just running from. And that just basically gives you a hint of what she has previously already gone through. Like the fact that she had her to-go bag packed already she had to be so quiet and escaping and had to get her sister to be already outside prepared ready to go it's just I don't think I would have gotten out of that kind of situation that she was in and as we see throughout the rest of the film she is haunted by what her ex-partner has done to her Mm -hmm. and she is made to feel insane throughout the film because obviously she can sense something is around her but she can't see it obviously because he's wearing an invisible suit it's called the invisible man it's in the title (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like it's kind of a metaphor for how abusive relationships linger with victims of those certain circumstances like she's constantly looking over her shoulder she's constantly on edge she doesn't really know who to trust and obviously she goes through so much um her ex-partner while wearing the invisible suit makes her well slaps her friends who she's living with's daughter around the face who then the daughter thinks that she's done it He slits her sister's throat right in front of her and then puts the knife in her hand. He gets her admitted into a hospital. Mm -hmm. He gets her pregnant because he swaps out her birth control. That's the scariest part of that whole movie. Pregnancy. She's going through all this (laughs) pregnant. Wow. (gasps) Oh my god. A child. No. A child. Oh my god. No, but yeah, I definitely agree with this Cecilia pick. She is so strong just for escaping that situation. But, I mean, he puts her through the ringer. 
she's a hundred percent a trauma survivor like she is fueled by this trauma that good old adrian caused so yeah she i felt like i went through the entire movie almost underestimating her and i know that adrian Mm -hmm. definitely did but she definitely gained her confidence when she needed it the most like she saw the suit and allowed that to fuel her next moves oh yeah completely and obviously at the end of the film we got to see her exact her revenge she excuses herself to go to the toilet and then all of a sudden we see adrian like holding this knife up and then slitting his throat her entering the room being distraught calling an ambulance and then scene she just has a (laughs) stern face and honestly i think that is more justice than what he would have got if he was arrested for all the shit he put her through i don't care if people say well why are you justifying this if you were ever in that situation i think it is more justifiable because normally in abusive relationships it tends to be the victim that gets killed, not the abuser. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see the victim taking that power back for themselves. Yeah, she knew exactly how Adrian would behave and use that to her advantage. Like, Miss Ma'am definitely knew where those cameras are. She is, mm-hmm. she's a smart cookie, and I, I love this pick. You were rooting yeah. for her the entire movie, but especially when she sat there watching him bleed out i was kind of like you go you go cecilia so yeah (laughs) no i totally i totally vibe with this pick thank you thank you yes (laughs) so you ready for my number three pick v oh i suppose so yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I went with a more classic final girl. When I think of this character, I think final girl. And when I think final girl, the first image that pops up in my head is Laurie Strode from the Halloween franchise. Man, she is truly iconic. She is such a classic final girl. If we're going off of Carol Clover's definition, she is pure she's a virgin she's good in school she doesn't party and she's a damsel in distress in the first few halloween movies like halloween the original and halloween 2 um she needs loomis and the police to save her yes she does narrowly escape michael but ultimately i really don't think Lori would have survived without some sort of aid but obviously with the infinite amount of reboots I feel like that there has been she completely flips the script and I know that she's probably not your favorite final girl um because I feel like you definitely get timeline whiplash when it comes to Lori but out of all of the reimaginings (laughs) I'm looking at the 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 face that V is making <laughs> but out of all of the timelines which one do you like the best do you think well 
I think we discussed this previously, like just me and you. I absolutely despise the timeline where they try and make Laurie and Michael related. I mm -hmm. absolutely fucking hate it. I don't know what it is. I think it's because, to me, it doesn't make sense that, yeah. you know, in the beginning, they make it very clear that Michael kills his sister, his older sister, when he was very young. So, where where all of a sudden has this mysterious other sibling come from? It makes no sense at all. <laughs> and it just infuriates me that they just try and make this a thing. I think it makes more sense making it a more of a random act of this yeah. psychopath just going around and killing a babysitter. So I like the timeline where it goes from one, two, and then to Halloween... 2018? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Halloween. So you like survivalist Lori the best? Yes, because obviously in the newer Halloween... I haven't watched the latest one. Which... What? You haven't watched Halloween Kills? Are you kidding me? No, no. It's on my list. It's on my list. I haven't watched it. You but just blew my balls off. One, I'm sorry. I've got so much on my list. That... No, I totally understand, dude. I'm the same way. <laughs> I just haven't been able to get my head around it yet. But <laughs> <laughs> going from the 2018, Laurie, it really does an excellent job at explaining how this traumatic event has changed her and shaped her and how it made her the mum she is. Obviously, we see Jamie in one of the other timelines, but Laurie's dead. Yeah. But in this timeline, it shows Laurie and how her trauma has affected her child and then her child having that knock-on effect looking after her her daughter yeah definitely i do like the survivalist storyline the best i think because it makes the most sense mm -hmm. i can't really see her like going into hiding and faking her own death and then her becoming a headmistress at a school was a weird storyline but i truly feel like you get the best halloween movies when you have and include the laurie strode character um mm -hmm. I think that she's almost vital to the franchise's um, continuation, at least in my eyes. I don't know exactly where this next movie is going to take us, but um, yeah, I I like Laurie. I really like the original Halloween movie, and I do enjoy the second Halloween movie too, um, and she's just who I think of when I think of Final Girl, um, so that's why I included her at my number three spot. I know that a lot of people kind of like V, don't necessarily care for her that that much, but I, I, I do like... That. <laughs> I wouldn't said, say that. I wouldn't say that. Hold on. Pause. Hold on. I wouldn't say that I don't have much care for her. I love her. I especially love older Laurie, because yeah. holy shit. You need to see how many kills, dude. Oh, mate, it is probably going to be the next one I'm going to watch, but I think I much prefer her now compared to previously because she doesn't have much going for her in those movies. They don't really give her much character apart from she's a babysitter. Whereas the new Laurie, 
she is so much more fleshed out you can understand why she acts the way she does so i think compared to old laurie yeah i don't care for old laurie but newer laurie i have so much time for her Yes, and of course, we are talking about the OG Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Laurie Strode. I am going to save my opinion on the Rob Zombie remake and the reimagining of the Laurie Strode character for when we do our reboot episode, because I have a lot of feelings about that, and we can just (laughs) skip that, and I'm going to spin it over to V to tell us about her (laughs) her second pick for Final Girls. Ugh. At the silver meadow pedestal, I have got <laughs> Grace from Ready or Not. Oh my god. Okay, when we decided to do Final Girls, <laughs> I said, okay, let's pick three people each. And I made the mistake of letting V tell me who she was going to choose. <laughs> and she stole her from me. And I'm so upset about it because I think that Grace is I... one of my favorite characters of recent films you did steal her her. you're a little shit i did not steal her i just got in there first (laughs) i just got in there first (laughs) you snooze you lose bitch (laughs) i i wanted her and i want her if you catch my drift i'll do catch your drift i'll do i'll do (laughs) (laughs) but grace again is such a well thought out character mm-hmm. we find out right at the beginning that she doesn't come from wealthy family and she doesn't care that the family she's married into is wealthy either because her soon to be husband has estranged himself estranged? estranged? it's estranged he's estranged yeah yeah that word himself from his family for about three to four years when we meet them at the beginning of the film and obviously that should have been a red flag to her like why are we getting married at your family's house if you mm-hmm. haven't spoken to them in three four years yeah exactly that should have been a red flag but we're gonna overlook that <laughs> because i love her so much <laughs> and obviously if you haven't seen ready or not basically grace marries into this family that have had generation of board game makers and at midnight on their wedding night if you're married into the family you have to pick a card and it will be a board game or a game you have to play and of course the game she has to pick is hide and seek which Mm -hmm. is the one that sets off this ritual (laughs) where the family have to basically hunt her while she hides and if they don't kill her by sunrise they there's something bad happens i'm just gonna say that something bad happens something very bad happens (laughs) something very very bad they basically redecorate their house (laughs) good way to put it but thank you um but she literally has to survive from midnight to sunrise uh sounds like a five nights of freddy's game if you ask me but (laughs) She does an amazing job at hiding. And obviously her husband, he... Is a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. He does try and help her at the beginning. Mm. But also he didn't actually explain to her, um, you know, he he does his... (sighs) This man just frustrates me so much. He is frustrating. He just... (laughs) And he... (sighs) He's so selfish. 
he is so selfish yeah. that when him and Grace were talking about, you know, he was like, well, if I had told you, you wouldn't have married me. Yeah, fuck off. I sure wouldn't have. Yeah, she was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have. And it's like, good for you, Grace. Good for you. But she basically has to survive her in-laws killing her, which I think is most people's worst nightmare if they do not get on with their <laughs> in-laws. <laughs> That's hysterical. You... <laughs> This movie, you truly watch Grace go through an evolution of her become like this beautiful bride into the final meltdown episode or like scene, if you will call it that. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the imagery of that. Like they took Grace from being so beautiful in this white dress, so pure to kicking off those heels, putting on the converse, and getting down to business. Yeah, and um, like I said in the previous episode, I watch a lot of behind-the-scenes things for films because I like to understand what goes on, how they make certain things. Yeah. And um, I watch a YouTube channel called Dead Meat, and they do a kill count, and they like to give some like behind-the-scenes facts in their episodes and in the episode for ready or not they explain that grace's dress has i think if i'm remembering correctly about 30 different iterations of it oh wow so you can so you can see the different like every like tear and rip and blood splatter like it really wants to show you the process that she may be going through mentally physically on her dress like Obviously, when she gets out the dumbwaiter, part of her sleeve rips. And when she puts on her converse, she makes her dress shorter so she can actually run. So, you know, it's it's a nice detail to see the distress the dress goes through while Grace is also going through just distress mentally, trying to survive her in-laws yeah. from not getting killed. And I, I think that she uses the wedding dress to kill someone too like she like uses her sash or something to strangle somebody yes so the wedding dress is such a yeah it's such a huge like metaphor for what she's going through i i love this movie i love the character i may have a bias because samara samara weaving yeah i think that's her name she's so hot so yeah i i enjoy that this this was your second pick oh yeah (laughs) Oh yeah, she really is. And I really think that that actress has become a staple in horror movies. Like yeah, I definitely she, think she's like the newer generation of screen screen queens. She like 100%. apparently I was seeing on the internet that she was supposed to be in the Scream, the new reboot, and um she couldn't because of scheduling conflicts, but fingers crossed she's on the next one. Well, Ooh. I want to get into my second pick if that's all right with you. Go on. What's your silver medal going to? So my silver medal is going to somebody, and I'm not a huge fan of this kind of subgenre, um, but I feel like this character makes the franchise so much better. And my second choice is Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise. Um... I'm not really a horror sci-fi gal, so that just goes to show you how much I enjoy this character. She is such a badass, 
and I love watching these movies because I love watching Sigourney Weaver kick some ass. Oh my god. I, when I was growing up, I used to just say to my parents, and I think my friends at the time, I was like, I just want to grow up to be Sigourney Weaver. Like, that's all I care about. It's just <laughs> I want to be Sigourney Weaver when I grow up. If I could look as good as Sigourney Weaver does oh god, at her age right now. Yeah. I would die happy, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is such a bad bitch in these movies. And I think it's partly because, you know, Ridley Scott changed the gender of the Ripley character. She's not over-sexualized. She's not, like you said, a bimbo. Like, she is a strong character. And I feel like that that's why I like her so much she's very decisive like she knows what she's going to do like it's already planned out it's not like she's you know just kind of trying to survive she is surviving Mm -hmm. and like in the second one when she saved like the toughest of the tough like u.s marines like she's like sit down i got this and i don't know i just really enjoy her character this might be a hot take i don't think Ellen Ripley would have been as good of a character if Sigourney Weaver hadn't put her whole pudusy in it. <laughs> she gave the performance of her life. Like, you could really feel the stress and the emotion through her voice when, yeah. you know, most of her crewmates are killed by this extraterrestrial being that is stuck on the ship with her. She obviously, what, gets frozen for 60 years? And, uh-huh. you know, by the time she's awoke, awoken, her her child's dead on Earth. Yeah. She has no way of getting back. She's stuck in space with this creature, and she has to go through so much. And then, obviously, she sacrifices herself near the end of the movie. We're obviously <laughs> not going to talk about... Um, Prometheum or anything like that that is just Ellen Ripley is just such a strong character in general I think if I'm I could be totally wrong I think that she was nominated for an Oscar for Alien and I think she was like the second or third actress to ever be nominated for a horror role I also could just be completely pulling that out of my ass no, you are correct. She was a nominee in 1987 for Best Actress. It was also nominated for Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Editing, Best Original Score, Production Design, Sound Mixing, and Film Editing. So yeah, she did put her whole pedicy in that. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. She really did. And this is going to be a little bit of a, san- a side tangent because I have so many thoughts and feelings about the Oscars, the Academy Awards. Oh, God, yeah. They oh my god the amount of fucking shunning they do towards you know superhero movies horror movies anything that is not like you know the traditional uh, artsy fartsy sort of shit they will just put it in the bin and go no we're not gonna look at this like there are so many horror movies that probably should have been nominated for oscars and the actors and actresses in those movies you are it furates me 1,000 million percent correct on that. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I, yeah, we could probably go on um, a huge tangent about that. But yes, I'm glad that she was at least nominated because she's so killer. Especially, I think that was, you said in 87, right? 
So that must have been for Aliens, because that was in 86. And yeah, the scene, I think it's in Aliens, where she puts on that suit and is fighting the queen. Get away from her, you you bitch! Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is for Aliens. So, ugh. I could talk about Scorny Weaver all day, honestly, babes. Yeah, all she's really could. so cool. Like, I love the character yeah. of Ripley. It's just even better that it's Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney? Sigourney? I can't talk. I don't know how to say anything. <laughs> I'm just here. Um, but yeah, she you is my... <laughs> she's my number two pick just because she's so effing cool. I love her. And that is all I got to say on my second one. So, do you want to get into our honorable mentions? I'm super excited for these. Pre-warning. I'm about to go off on one. She's ah! about to go off. I'm about to go off, babes. <laughs> <laughs> so, my honorable mention, and let me preface this, it's an honorable mention because it infuriates me what happened to it when it got released in the US. Oh, so. here we go. <laughs> So I pick Sarah Hardest from The Descent. And you're probably thinking, oh, but Victoria, they made a second Descent movie with her in it. What could you possibly be on about? Well, babes, let me tell you. We're about to get schooled. And this <laughs> you're is about hun- to get schooled. This is 100% something that you can fight Victoria on our <laughs> Twitter, at Pod. Sorry, no, I will not be taking anyone other's opinions on this because this is true and this is facts. <laughs> she said so, nope. Nope. So The Descent is a British horror movie. Let me preface that. British horror movie. When it was released in the UK, it had five extra minutes at the end. Five? No. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Or a minute. A minute or five. I'm going with minute. I'm changing my mind. I'm going with a minute. <laughs> it had an extra minute on the end. After she escapes the caves, drives off a little bit, stops, and turns and sees Juno's face, who is her best friend who was dead in the caves. It all of a sudden cuts, and she's awake in the caves. And she starts hallucinating this birthday cake and her daughter in front of her who if you haven't seen the movie her daughter and her husband gets killed in a car crash they did right at the beginning of the film they did they long did so she hallucinates her daughter and a birthday cake in front of her and she starts smiling and i think she starts um laughing hysterically because she's losing her mind and then these creatures that have been trying to hunt and kill the you know explorers the cave explorers throughout the film just start surrounding her and that is where the original release finishes they then decided let's release it in the u.s and you know what they did they What'd cut they that extra minute what they do what they do victoria they cut that extra minute at the end for the u.s release because and i quote they wanted to give the american audience a happy ending hmm and that is why they then produced I think it was then the sequel was produced by an American studio I think don't hold me to that that is just me going off the premise of the you know cutting that extra minute off the end so for me she is not a final girl but in the US version she technically is but she isn't 
Listen. <laughs> She's totally a final girl, and I knew about that alternate ending, but I'm an American baby. I'm going to just be living in my ignorance. I'm completely rejecting your alternate ending for the character. And I'm just going to roll with it. It's not an alternate it. ending. It was the real ending. How for could me, you say it was an alternate, alternate It would be an alternate ending if, you know, it was then added on into the US release of the original release. That would be an alternate ending. But it's the original ending. Therefore, she is not a final girl in my eyes. And I will die on that hill fight us at horror huns pod about (laughs) if um sarah carter is in fact a final girl um i would love to hear sarah connor sarah Sarah connor Connor is terminator (laughs) (laughs) hey sarah carter it's close it's close um clearly sarah Sarah hardest i thought it was sarah carter no hold on hold on babe oh my god have we both oh my god I'm pretty sure Sarah Hardest. No, it's Sarah Carter. Oh my god. Oh my god. Am I right about something? Am I right about something for the first time in my life? Yeah, you are right. Fuck you. Sarah Carter. Let's move on to your honourable mention. Okay, so my (laughs) honourable mention. Um, this is our only woman of color for this topic which is mind-boggling but let's get into it my honorable mention is dina johnson from the fear street trilogy what do you think you like dina uh i love her I love obviously dina. we got we got a modern queer representation of a very realistic teenage queer relationship absolutely and you know she she sees so much she sees her friends get murdered by these you know what would you call them ghosts because they're curses like poltergeists would you say they're poltergeist no i mean they're they're like technically reanimated but yeah, she. But they're did. not. That their bodies aren't reanimated because their bodies are elsewhere, right? Or is their body? Yeah. Like, I'm very confused by that. But anyway, anyway, she's <laughs> they're not no, zombies. Yeah, just... she goes through some shit in this trilogy, yeah. and I, I totally love Dina mainly because I see a little bit of myself in Dina. She is angsty and queer, and I'm pretty positive like about 98 percent positive that when i broke up with my first real life girlfriend i gave her her stuff back in a box just like dina did in the very first um fear street so i connect with her on a spiritual level but yeah she goes through so much like you said her like she sees her friends die her her love is possessed and she's having to deal with this curse that's been going on for like 300 years and because Mm -hmm. of dina's heart she figured it out like there would be no fear street if dina didn't truly love sam and Mm -hmm. she doesn't ever stop trying to fight for her and that's bad bitch energy she used her love to fight this and solve this 300 year old curse 
and even in the, I think it's Fear Street 1666, she knows that the sheriff, Sheriff Good, is the bad guy. So when she flash forwards to 94, she has all this knowledge from Sarah Fear and she puts it to use and figures out how to solve it. And she's fighting through the centuries. I don't know. I just think that Dina... <laughs> is such a cool character. I love her, and I definitely hope that we get to see more um, from the Fear Street franchise, Um, but I hope we get a little bit more Dina, because I loved watching her. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of her, but I would completely understand if they did what they did with these Fear Streets and keep it to three movies that contained into one story because obviously there's a lot of Fear Street books like there are with Goosebump books yeah dude so, but at the end yeah. of 1666 somebody picks up that book yeah so it's just we shall see but I loved her and I loved the the trilogy that we got and I just thought that she was an important character because like V said she is a queer final girl and I think that that is so awesome and it mm-hmm. definitely shows girls gay as they is that they can be a final girl too and that's pretty cool yeah 100% we definitely need more better queer representation in horror movies absolutely and I'm sure we'll get into maybe something like that in the future that'd be fun for like a pride month yeah because when that art queer representations in horror movies they tend not to they tend to be stereotypes and I think we're past the point of that I think we need more fully fledged representation for the queer community in horror and I think Dana is a very good start with that absolutely but I'm ready to get into our final picks because I know who we both chose, and boy, howdy, am I excited. (laughs) Yes, so my gold medal goes to Erin from Your Next, and oh my god, this film, I think is, yes, I think it's so criminally underrated, like, I don't know a lot of people that have seen it, or I could be completely wrong, but I think it's very criminally underrated because it's not one of those big Hollywood blockbuster movies. It is, you know, a smaller budget movie, I think. But Erin, oh my God, as a final girl, she is amazing. Like, they don't just throw her into this situation. They give her a proper backstory as to why she knows these survival techniques and why you know she's doing all this because you know that's how she was brought up and her her boyfriend is such a fucking dick for taking her to that dinner and then running off in the middle of it because he couldn't handle it what a fucking pussy that man was i'm glad he got killed I am glad she was like. She was way cooler than her boyfriend. Like she definitely does. Her and you want to know what? I let's let's make a spinoff. I think that her and Grace should run off together. Um, 
<laughs> no, but yeah, I totally love the survivalist training aspect of Erin because yeah, you get to figure out how she is such a badass. Like there is a scene in this where she takes like a like a meat grinder, meat cleaver, meat whatever, like the the, the meat thing. tenderizer. Yes, and she goes ham on somebody. Like she goes in and she didn't stop like until she knew he was dead dead. I can't mm-hmm. say that I wouldn't do the same. No, I I can't fault it either and you know there was 15 kills total in this movie. 15 people were killed. Half of those people were at the hands of Erin. And ah, it's just amazing. Like, oh my God. I could gush about her all day. She's so well acted as well. Yes. And it, it it doesn't get boring. You constantly no. are sat on the edge of your seat. And wondering, oh my god, what's going to happen next? Who's going to be next to kill? Are they going to get Erin? Because obviously Erin gets injured. Mm-hmm. And she has to hide while being injured. I think her leg gets injured. She gets stabbed in the leg oh by one god. of the... I think by Sheepface, if I'm remembering correctly. But I cannot remember. That's okay. But... <sighs> I, oh, I just I don't want to say too much about it because I want more people to watch it. But looking up, when I said small budget, this is technically cast as small budget. It had a budget of one million dollars, and its okay. box office grossing was twenty six point nine million. Wow, this movie is definitely I feel like criminally underrated. I watched this when I was a teenager with my cousin, which I didn't mention last episode but Matt and I watched so many horror movies together and I remember watching this with him and both of us being like what the fuck like this shit is crazy your next gives you a final girl that is just as brutal as the killers and I love that for her yeah me too and this is gonna sound very weird but I think also what I love about it is it doesn't feel like an American movie. It doesn't feel like it was made by Americans. It, to me, it gives me a very British, New Zealand sort of vibe. I don't know why, because I think we've made kind of films like that. And, you know, finding out it's an American movie, I'm a little bit shocked, because I don't think it hey, was... give us some more credit over here. Well... In my head, I think for a lot of people who aren't American, we when we hear know of American movies, they're very big blockbuster hits, yeah. like big budgets, that sort of thing. So over here and in Europe, we do make a lot of movies that are not kind of that sort of budget, but totally it was, it's just nice. Yeah. It's just yeah. nice. <laughs> and your next and Aaron specifically gives me gives us probably one of my favorite kill scenes ever. Yes, yes, the blender. Oh my god. If you have not watched your next, you should watch it just for that scene alone. The blender yeah. scene is fucking great. 
100% like you could even just search the clip on YouTube yes I don't care if there's anything out of this whole movie you need to see it is the blender scene <laughs> and be warned yeah. it is so gory but so so good so good oh my god she uses whatever she can um, to stay alive and I mm-hmm. I truly love this movie and I love that she is your number one pick because she's a damn good one thank you and what's your number one pick Meg all right so my number one pick is I think I mentioned it last episode it's from my favorite film and favorite franchise my number one pick is Sydney Prescott from the Scream franchise Oh my god, I absolutely love Sydney. She is a true feminist icon. She completely changed the whole final girl trope. Because back like Laurie Strode and um, like Sally and all the final girls that came before her, like they were the sole survivor. And most of the time they were these good girls that didn't have sex and didn't really like feel fully fledged out whereas with sydney you get a backstory she has sex she goes to parties she is truly a high schooler and she has this high school experience that turns out to be pretty shitty but she took the final girl from i'm scared and i need someone to save me to you want to know what? I'm saving myself. I'm doing this myself. I have confidence in myself and I'm going to come out on top no matter what it takes. I just love her so much. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's like glory, like, but much better, I think, because Sydney, you can see her evolution from the beginning. Whereas, Laurie, it took a couple of movies to actually see her become the true final girl she is. Whereas, Sydney is the final girl from the first movie straight because we get to see how she evolves and she, you know, makes it a rule to double tap. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think that that's why I like the Scream franchise so much and why I love the character of Sydney is because you like you said you see her evolution into becoming a successful victim she goes on to write a book she like took calls for a crisis hotline and like just started a regular family that you see in the new scream movie yeah and like, she doesn't even need to come back in the new scream movie like but she does they, because she's a bad bitch yeah she's like he's back I best, I better go back. She's like the Terminator in a way. She always comes back. <laughs> yeah, Sydney, she does. <laughs> because you know <laughs> that she knows that she can get the job done. And mm-hmm. I love that she doesn't allow Ghostface to define her path in life. Like, she goes on about her life, but she knows that if somebody comes back and does this again in Woodsboro, she's going to take care of it. But I think that my favorite thing about Sid is her third act scenes. Like, that's truly what makes me love her. She she shows that she isn't afraid of the person behind the ghost face mask. She figures out who it is, and she's like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's tussle. 
I promise you that I'm going to be the one that's alive. But, you know, I'll let you believe that you're going to get me. But she always prevails. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you ever take Sydney away from the Scream franchise, I will be heartbroken. Not that anybody really cares about what I have to say, but it'll hurt. <laughs> I mean, considering how many times they've tried to kill off Laurie in the Halloween franchise and how much that upset the fandom, I think the screen creators, I think they would do it in a much more respectful way and a much more better manner that it would make sense to Laura, uh, to Sydney's storyline than it did for Laurie. So as much as we never want to see Sid go, I think at some point she might because they want to rejuvenate the franchise like they're trying to do currently with the two new final girls. Yeah, and I, I know have... you've got certain feelings about them. <laughs> I do have certain feelings about them. I just hope that Sam isn't the new Sydney because I did not... I. I didn't have the connection with Sam. Like, she... I don't know. With Sydney, she felt tangible. Like, she felt like a real person. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Nev Campbell is such a stellar performer. So I feel like you really got that from her. And I just didn't get that from Sam. If Tara becomes the next Sam... Or is it Tara? I think it's Tara. Tara. Well different pronunciations for different places you know yeah if she becomes the next Sydney I could I think I would probably jive with that a little bit better I just I felt like Jenna Ortega I think is her name gave a much Mm -hmm. better performance than the actress that played Sam but that's Mm -hmm. just me and we can fight about it on Twitter if you want to um (laughs) (laughs) stop encouraging people to fight us on Twitter you were the last you were the one that wanted to fight everybody in the first episode so I'm just continuing the ball (laughs) (laughs) um but I do agree with you if Tara becomes the new final girl um like the final girl for Scream and takes over Sydney's role I would completely be fine with that However, Sam, I don't like the plot twist they had for her. Yeah, I'm I not going to say it, just in case say. people haven't seen it as of yet. That's yeah. why I'm saying, you know, just, but I don't like the, the twist they had for her. To me, I it doesn't make either. sense. Because, like, who the fuck, who the fuck is her mum? Because they never actually mentioned who her mum is. Have we seen her mum before? We're going to... um. we're gonna say what we always say and we will talk about this later in our deep dive on the Scream franchise (laughs) and I think by the time we do get to our deep dive of Scream it would be enough time for the new Scream film to have come out so we can fully discuss it because I don't want to say anything that may you know ruin it if you haven't seen it by that time that's your own fault (laughs) like if we've spoiled anything from you that's from like probably what less than a year ago or two years ago that's your own fault for getting spoiled for yourself yeah sorry about it but no I I think that Sydney going back to my final girl pick I think that she really paved the way for a lot of the modern final girls that we get now Mm -hmm. like most of your the women that you chose today I don't necessarily feel like we 
could have gotten to this place in Final Girl without the Scream franchise and without the character of Sydney Prescott because she just completely changes the game when it comes to that sole survivor. And I guess it technically could lead into our next conversation because Sydney isn't the sole survivor. She isn't technically the quote-unquote final girl because you do have another final girl that rises from the Scream franchise, which would be Gail. So that's always, that's an interesting point too. Like Sid is not the sole survivor here. Yeah. I would say Gail becomes more a final girl from the second movie. Cause I feel like in the first movie, she's more of a side character and you know only pops in here and there where from the second onwards she is much more prevalent and has much more of a role in the screen franchise so i would say from the second movie on yeah gail is considered a final girl along with sydney interesting yeah no i i agree with you on that one but i could see why people wouldn't classify her as a final girl because she's not the final final girl but you know, whatever. If you want to feel that way, then you can feel that way, even though you're wrong. Um, anyway, V, do you have any final girl hot takes? I do, yes. I have a couple. Well, do I, do I? Do I? Yes, I have some. Um, so, when we were doing, you know, our research for this and I doing our picks, as I was writing my notes, I had noticed that all my women that I picked... Um, were put in their situations due to their male partners or their male counterparts. (laughs) And, you know, either that says something about me or that says something more about the modern final girl trope and how it Mm. shows that some women's biggest fears in life are, you know, their male counterparts either being abusive to them or putting them in such a dangerous situation that could end up with them being killed. Because... You know, there's a lot of things that happen in the world currently. And one of the big things is women are scared to go out at night by themselves in case, you know, a strange man appears. Like a couple of years ago, over here in the UK, um, something very sad happened. A woman was working, walking home from her friends at night and a police officer came over, spoke to her and he killed her. A police wow. officer killed her on her way home from her friend's house and that that goes into another you know topic of like people in power abusing it but Mm -hmm. it's just so scary that males can put women in these situations that could end their lives and i think that's one of the most emotional storytelling these days i mean even sydney was technically put in her situation by her partner her male partner because billy decided (laughs) chop chop kill kill stab stab it could be a man creating this final girl um allowing this final girl to rise up or it could be a xenomorph you just really don't know (laughs) (laughs) you never know men are aliens after all But moving on from that kind of heavy hot take, <laughs> um, I want to mention Dana, 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 Dana from the cabin in the woods. Oh, oh, 
this is this might actually get people arguing with me i'm not gonna lie in my personal opinion i do not believe she is a final girl because she does not survive to the end of the credits yeah no i saw her when i was like looking up like different people's favorite final girls and she was on a lot of them which kind of shook me because yeah she dies not only that but doesn't she she, like bring up like they bring up upon the apocalypse yeah like she's on so many lists and for me in my head the criteria to be a final girl is you have to survive to the credits i mean even like in um one of the 2015 The Final Girls movie, they oh, actually yeah. make it a point that, you know, the final girl has to survive to the end of the credits. That's when she's classed as a final girl. Dana? Does, Diana? Dana? Dana? Fuck. Words. Not working. She does not survive to the end of the credits. And her and her stoner bestie we're like, oh, let's just let's just smoke a joint and let these ancient ones burst through the ground and kill the whole world. I feel like I would probably do exactly what they were doing in that scenario. But yeah, good point. She is not. But you brought up another movie that I would like to talk about before we leave here today. The, the Final, Final Girls. Girls? Oh I love that movie. Yes. I watched that movie a couple weeks ago. Um, when we decided that we were going to talk about Final Girls. And I really didn't, like, my expectations for that film were low. Okay? Mm-hmm. It was low. But, number one, did it have some pretty good actors in it? Like, Thaisa Vermiga, is that how you say her name? Um, Adam from Workaholics. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think her name's Alia Shawcat. So I was pleasantly surprised. If you guys have not watched The Final Girls, I do recommend you watching it. It's definitely campy, definitely meta. And it's just a fun ride, and it gives you a little twist on the Final Girl trope. It pulled on my heartstrings a little more than I thought it would, but mm-hmm. I definitely liked it a lot, like, surprisingly. And I loved what they did with the Final Girl trope. It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. I, I completely 100% back you on that. Like, I was the same. It just came up one day um, as suggested movies. And I was like, this looks stupid. Mm, let's watch this. And I popped it on, didn't expecting much. And, oh my god. It was so fun. It was so stupid. Like, I enjoy horror movies that do not take themselves seriously. Cabin in the Woods kind of in the way doesn't take itself too seriously because it takes the piss out of certain tropes they have in horror movies but the final girls oh my god it takes the piss out of the classic 80s slasher movies and uh, I can't gush over it anymore if you don't like proper proper horror but you do enjoy, you know, the silliness of some horror movies, I highly recommend watching it. It's just so fun. It's great. Yeah, it is a really good movie. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Let us know what you think on either our Twitter, which is Horror Hunts Pod, or our Instagram, Horror Hunts Podcast. Um, I would love to hear people who haven't seen it, what they think about it, because it is a pretty mm-hmm. good one. Well, oh, 100%. I think that- does that wrap up today's episode? It does. I unfortunately have nothing in my brain left. So head more empty, no thoughts. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm done. And, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to save my energy for our next episode um, that I know that me and V are super excited to talk about. We have FaceTimed about this topic before. Yeah. And just yes, talked yes, about yes, it yes. for an hour and a half without recording. We watched so. videos about it, theories, explanations. We and went in depth. We did go about in. This. And I, we're going to go in depth next, next week. Um, and I'm super excited for everyone to hear it because going to give it a third time. Boy, howdy, is it a topic? Oh, it is. It's not a movie, it is a TV series. So we're going to do something a little bit different. And it's going to be our first episode we're going to do that's solely based about one thing. Yeah, like one we, topic. We know, we, yeah, one topic. I mean, we technically, all the things we're talking about is one topic. But this is solely about one like movie slash TV show. It is one discussion we're going to have. And... Oh, we're excited. We're so excited. I am ready, babes. I am so ready. I'm ready too. And I just thought of something cool. Tweet us who you think would be the final girl of our podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to be me. <laughs> the answers might surprise you, V. I guess we can, we can talk about it next time if we get any interaction but yeah this has been the second episode of horror hunts join us next wednesday when we talk about a super cool show (laughs) yes i have been v and i have been meg so catch you guys next week bye bye